Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. A marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make romance neath the cover of October skies. You know, the leaves on the trees are falling to the sound of the breezes that blow. You know, I'm trying to please to the calling of your heart strength that plays soft and low. You know, the night. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz here. And what's going on, everybody? Well, markets are, you know, la, la, la. I mean, we got a uh, big week this week. We got the, uh, the old Federal Reserve coming out and uh, with their ridiculous announcement. And, of course, we got the jobs. Uh, but, you know, did you catch the Hall of Fame yesterday, the Baseball Hall of Fame? I uh, thought the speeches were really good, but I thought the really the coolest thing of the whole day was Jim Tomei, who got inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, yesterday from Peoria, Illinois, by the way. But but it was really cool. His daughter sang the national anthem. I thought that was really the highlight of the entire thing. I, that's the coolest to have one of your kids perform on a national stage. Uh, well, you're getting an award. That's pretty cool. But in the meantime. Uh, you know, markets are, you know, a little goofy, a little lower overnight, got a little higher, uh, just kind of chirping and churning around. Uh, I don't see a lot here. I, I think that uh, because of the big week with all the data that's coming out once again, you know, you've got uh, Apple's earnings tomorrow. You got uh, the Fed on when- Tuesday, Wednesday, and of course, the jobs on Thursday and a couple of other big earnings coming out. So to me, it looks like Probably another choppy week. Uh, I think you're seeing a, a nice push up in the grain markets, which is no surprise uh, as we've been looking for higher grain prices. So I think that continues. I think probably one of the best values of the week is, uh, is the hogs, uh, October. I think they're going to be pretty good. But uh, I, I think that, again, we're going to see uh, what, what this market really has in mind. And, and, it, and if it's actually reached the upper end, which we believe, or if it's going to make new highs. Now, again, I would not be surprised to see, you know, some highs made here. But I do think that we're now coming to the end of this uh, bull market. Again, I don't know when it's going to be exactly. I wish I did. I would. Sh- I promise I would share it with you. But I, I think that we're going to uh, to see some, uh, you know, the, the, the possibility. But I do think that, you know, pretty much the tops are in. I mean, if you're going to say make a position, make a trade right now for the next year, I'll think we'll be lower a year from now than we are today. Okay, but again, I would not jump in here. I mean, I think it's easier to wait and to wait for confirmation, you know, from the markets and from the charts, without trying to be too active. You know, one of the things you always want to remember is that with the lack of volatility. There's really no reason to gamble or step out of your comfort zone for just those reasons. There is not enough going on for us to say, hey, let's jump right in. You know, if it was really busy and there was a lot of vol, yeah, I'd be I'd be all in. I'd be taking a shot. But there, it isn't, so I'm not. And I think that's one of the things we have to remember and recognize as traders and investors is when is the best time, when is the opportune 
for us to be wanna uh, to be a part of it. And for now, I don't think I don't see much to be a part of. I think that you know some of the things you want to look at. I think gold will probably get a pop. Now I don't think it's broken the longer term downtrend, but I think you'll see gold will probably get some sort of a little bit of a pop this week, uh, and only because uh, it's pretty oversold and you're starting to see some weakness. Uh, interesting action in in the crude oil markets uh, today, soaring higher. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's news coming or news pending behind it. And I also expect, besides the announcements we know, uh, we know the Fed is going to have an announcement this week. We know the jobs number. But I think something will happen. Either the Fed will be totally reversed, what everybody's expecting, or there will be some surprise announcement. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see China uh, come to the fold of trade. Okay. That would be more what I would be expecting. The other items are pretty much what you could almost ex- expect and figure. So, again, to me, I would not be, you know, looking at, at those as as the news items. I mean, again, I'm looking for the markets are trading like there's something out there that they're waiting to hear. And that would be what I would be expecting is something like last Wednesday was the uh, EU meeting. So I would expect something that we're not expecting at the moment, and that would be what what I would s- suspect to be, uh, you know, the overall uh, uh, announcement or something, and that's what I'm looking for uh, in in general is just a reason uh, that the markets will make another move. Now, again, I, I'm not going to be at all shocked if we get on a spike to the highs, even though I'm bearishier, uh, and I think we're we're pretty damn close. It would be no surprise. In fact, quite frankly, because I'm not trading very big here or trying to outguess the market, which is one of the things we talk about all the time, I would like to see a run at the highs. I think that the selling is all that much better if you can make a run at the highs first. I would much rather sell them higher into a move than, you know, than wait. You know, and, and again, we... We, I think we've seen the ties in the NASDAQ, uh, you know, and, and now you've, you did come down to some support, though. So a rally would be no surprise, uh, you know. But again, I think overall in the big picture, we can expect to see the markets get ready to start to uh, shoot on down, shoot on down the road uh, a little bit lower. And I think that would be uh, more likely uh, the pattern. And, and I think that's really what... What I'd be looking for, you know, there's just there's too many things out there, uh, and and we're 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 making far too many exceptions to uh, what can and cannot happen, and of course, as you know, uh, the the Goldilocks economy is not good for anybody except for the the uber wealthy. So, uh, you know, I think with the with the insiders selling the buybacks that are coming. Uh, that's just uh, you know an easy way for them to, uh, to to get out of their their money you know and get their money out, and they're telling you that they're not as confident as they were. And again, this, they're taking profits too, but you know taking profit is also a part of a market that is getting ready to sell off. Okay, now again, when is it? Hell, if I know, I don't know. I, you know, again, I wish I did. If I did, I I would share it with you. But right now, we just have a continuation of a market that drifts higher. Uh, volatility continues to get clobbered. Uh, and to me, those are all uh, 
warning signs that we should be very near uh, the end of this particular run. And I'm certainly expecting to see uh, something very similar to what we saw in uh, January. I mean, again, and it doesn't, again, I'm not, I'm not a permanent bear. I'm not looking for the end of the world, but I certainly could see a pretty big haircut coming. And I think that that is exactly what we're going to see. And when, indeed, when, when it happens, we're going to be prepared for it. Okay, but we're not going to try to jump earlier and try to guess what it is because that haircut could come, you know, from 5% higher than we are now. So, I, I, again, I urge you to be patient enough to wait for it. I urge you to sit back and not try to outsmart or outjump the marketer because I think if you do that, you're just putting yourself in danger for, for no particular reason. And that's always something that is important to understand. In the meantime, I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend and uh, we're back. It's Monday. Monday, one more, two more days in July. My goodness. And we're going to uh, 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 be ready to rock and roll with all the big news this week. But in the meantime, don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. And also, don't forget to get the sporting edge there as well. You know, help out the boys, uh, help their downloads go out. And uh, in the meantime, we are going to step out of here for a break and uh, come back with Jane King. And we get Jane King and Matt Demeter today. This is The Bubba Show. I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. We will be back with more of The Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show. We're coming right back to you. Welcome back to The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with the traveling, the one and only, sitting at the airport, Jane King, Lila Max Media, <laughs> the Kaching Report. What's up, Jane King? Hey, Todd. Well, I'm, I'm going to Indiana, and I'm going to find out what some real Indiana farmers think of the tariff situation, of the soybean situation, what's going on. I mean, you hear all these economists on TV talking about it. I'm going to hear what actual Indiana farmers think of the whole thing. Well, wouldn't that be great to actually get the real people who, who want to know what's going on versus the people that just want to get advantage from it, like the lobbyists and the people in Congress that made these bad deals to begin with? <laughs> Well, exactly. And I mean, there's a lot of people who have a political view, one point or other, and think they're speaking for farmers. And so we'll see. We'll see what they really think. So I'll let you know next week. I'm going to get a full report. Full report. So what did you think about the the uh, the kind of deal that uh, Trump made with um, with the, the EU? Well, I thought it was a sign of success. Um, I think, you know, the EU caved a little bit. I think anybody... The Chinese, the Europeans, everybody knows that this is imbalanced, and they know they've gotten a good deal for 20, 30 years. And they know that good deal is coming to an end, and they're going to have to bend on this, and EU is just the first one to do it. Um, they're still, I really kind of like the fact that they said, we'll work towards zero tariffs. Let's see where that gets us, a true free market. We might be able to actually get there someday, Todd. Wouldn't that be amazing if we got a true free market? Now, it's funny because I said – I was on Fox right after they came out, and I said this was Trump's way of backdooring into TPP because all of a sudden Mexico's showing up and wanting to work out a deal. I don't think Canada's behind. So if he gets Mexico, Canada done, and he gets the EU done, that kind of puts China in a, in a, in a trick box, which is really just a, a recreation of TPP the way that Trump wanted it. What do you think? Well, I, no, I think that's true. And what I thought was really interesting was that he did the deal with the EU on soybeans and he did the deal with the EU on liquid natural gas. 
So those are that's putting even more pressure on China as like, yeah, China, you thought you were really going to cause some pressure here by not buying soybeans anymore. And look, we've got a new buyer on the world stage, or at least a, somebody who hasn't bought that much. I mean, China's been such a big buyer of soybeans as long as I've been involved in the markets. So um, and the EU hasn't been that big of a buyer. They bought some other things, but um, now they're going to be buying more U.S. soybeans. So all of a sudden, China's lost its leverage. Well, yeah, it's funny, but you know, when, listen, I've been doing this for 38 years, and you know, one of the things Joey said is, if it rains on the South Street, then it rain, it's raining everywhere. But That's other, right. The, yeah. right, and then, but the other thing was, is whenever they needed the markets to go up, China's buying soybeans, whether they're buying or not. China's buying soybeans, and uh, look, yeah. I think with the growing population. I don't know that we have enough grains. You know, obviously, if everything is perfect and the crops are perfect and every, there's no issues, then yes, there's plenty. But there's many years that there's not enough because of weather and because of situations. So I don't think that if you're going to have increasing uh, economic solutions and make things better for your own country and you're bringing in more middle class, then we're going to need more food anyways. What do you think? Well, and, and plus also, so imagine yourself being a Chinese buyer of soybeans and you, you know, all of a sudden you, you are trying to teach the U.S. a lesson about trade. So you're not buying, you're letting the, you know, the shipments sit around. You're not buying any. You're going to buy from South America. Well, if I'm the South Americans, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm your only market now. Let's jack up the price a little bit. So, I mean, the Chinese are under pressure here and they're going to have to do something, especially now that the EU is buying U.S. soybeans. They're just going to have to admit that um, they haven't been playing fair for a long time. And I mean, I don't have anything against the Chinese. I think they're very smart. I, they're very serious about education. I wish we were more serious about education. My kids are learning Mandarin. But I think that this has to be, this has to be more of a, uh, of a balanced approach to trade. And, and Trump's doing it. Um, he's the only one <laughs> that would, would be able to actually get this done. And he's getting it done, I think. Oh, no, I think it's great. And, and again, I, I think that, of course, uh, you said it perfectly, that if you eliminate competition, then it allows the the one standing to raise prices, and of course that's where the free markets come into play. And and I, and I believe this is my opinion. I like at your opinion, but I believe for as long as I can remember, we have not had yet really a true free market because there's too many other factors that that work their way into markets that that take away the true free market, and that goes with the insurance industry that's in the in the in the in the soybeans and everything. And I think that this is. I think Trump is trying to lead towards a true free market globally. Well, I, I mean, I think we have to. I mean, we can't have the government stepping in and helping all the time and as much as they are. I mean, that's just like a black hole. I mean, because government can't fix everything. And so then when the, when the problems linger, well, we need more government, some people think. So, you know, we've seen, I don't know if you guys saw the story this week about Venezuela, a million percent inflation. Um, I think that everybody who's thinking about voting for a socialist candidate in the fall needs to look at that story and see what the people of Venezuela are living through. So that's what you have when you have too much government intervention and you don't let people pursue free markets and pursue their own ideas and their own wants and desires and um, and let just, you know, the economy work without government interference. Oh, no, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I, I think that, again, we have a, a lot of things going on throughout the globe but i i think when you look at it i i think you know you've got now somebody in in our white house who decided that he wants free markets but i'll tell you one thing i'm not happy with and i want to get your opinion on this as well i am not happy that he is kind of edging chair powell 
on interest rates and and on what the strength of the dollar should be. Again, I believe both of those items should be determined by the market, not by whether or not it's good for uh, the economy, because I think that the economy itself will will flourish if we let it just do what it's supposed to, because asset classes know how to price themselves. What do you say? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And he, he mentioned it like once, as far as I know. I don't think he's mentioned it again. Um, one thing that's great about the Federal Reserve is they're really the only bipartisan, non-political government body we have anymore. So I'd like to kind of keep it that way. I'd like them just to make decisions based on what they see in terms of monetary policy and um, not worry about whether they're going to get somebody reelected or not reelected. So I actually think a rise in interest rates is going to be good for the economy. I don't think it's going to upset the market as much as some people think and maybe President Trump's worried about. But I think he does need to stay out of the Fed and let them do their thing. Well, yeah, I mean, because, again, one of the problems that we always create is because of the Fed, because of some of the policies that they run by, and because they're too worried about things, so they they make it, you know, they make money too cheap. And of course, we know that the system can handle much more, much higher interest rates. Why? Because we've got all these peer-to-peer lenders out there that are not working on three and four and five percent. I mean, they're getting ten, eleven, twelve percent, right? I mean, doesn't mm-hmm. that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, and and another thing, I mean, this is like a bigger issue. I mean, the whole money thing is, is changing. I mean, all my babysitters want to be played on Venmo. And they don't even want cash. Um, I was at a cryptocurrency e-sports event uh, just this week, and they were talking about how um, tokenization is going to be disruptive of the whole economy uh, as much as the internet was. So I think we all kind of need, and one reason why they really like the Bitcoin, and you and I have talked about this, is they don't like all the government intervention in money, and they think that it's led to uh, you know a lot of inequality and economic inequality. So um, I think we're going to be in for some big changes in the next 20 to 30 years in terms of monetary policy, how we pay for things, the currency we use, how it's transacted globally. I think that's going to be the next big revolution. Oh, and the farmers will be first because right now I know in, in, in certain parts of the world they're using Cardano to pay for farm products. So the, 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 there you Interesting. have it. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll talk about that too. I'll see if anybody in Indiana Indiana's doing that. <laughs> Jane King, have a great time, Indiana. We'll expect your report in full next week. But as always, I appreciate travel safely and thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Todd. That was our friend Jane King from Lila Max Media, the Kaching Report. And uh, again, one of the great things about Jane is not only is she in the business world and has worked for Bloomberg and has her own TV show, which is basically coast to coast. She was also uh, from a farming family, which will help us uh, answer uh, some questions. And uh, to me, that's always a uh, uh, good information, good things we can we can look at and try to check out after. So she's going to give us a report. But in the meantime, uh, again, as, as I've said many, many times, I don't think that um, uh, the farmers are in problems, but we'll get some confirmation from all this uh, next week. And uh, uh, it, it'll be good to get a report. And in the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. And, of course, I want to remind you to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. You can also get the uh, the Sporting Edge as well as the Bubba Show. And, uh, of course, don't forget to get Bubba's Daily Update, which is available to you for free. Each and every day I do a three- to five-minute video after the close. I immediately email it out to you, and you get an idea for what I saw that day and what I'm expecting to see tomorrow, and it's kind of getting tomorrow's newspaper today. So make sure you go to BubbaTrading.com and check that out. There's a little box that will pop up, and it'll have you fill it out. There is 
no charge, no credit card required. All that's required is for you to fill it out and you'll start getting the update. So join the thousands that already get it. In the meantime, this is the Bubba Show and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And we're going to stop out here for a break and we'll be back with our guy, Matt Demeter from Demeter Research at the break. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're coming right back. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. So, Matt, you know, I, I think that uh, there's a lot going on. And, of course, um, we talked last week about Coinbase. And now Coinbase is looking at possibly adding Stellar and Cardano. Now, I know at one point you were not a huge fan of, of Cardano. And I don't know how much you follow it. But I know that it is used for some grain exchange in Africa. What are your thoughts of, of, of Coinbase adding those two out of all the ones to add? What are your, your thoughts on adding those two? So you said Cardano was the other one? Cardano Stellar? and Stellar, yeah. Stellar, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, those will obviously see immediate pops because of by being added to Coinbase if they are. I like both of them. Uh, Stellar, the only thing I don't like about Stellar is I'm not so sure about the development team. Um, the uh, Jed McCaleb started Stellar. He started Ripple, and he also, I mean, and Ripple and Stellar are quite similar, um, but people sort of like Stellar and they hate Ripple, but um, uh, Judd also started uh, Mount Gox, but he wasn't involved when it, you know, got hacked all his times so and got all that bad reputation. But anyway, I don't think he's really involved on the day-to-day on Stellar. And so it, it it's it's a fast currency and I like that about it. Um, and there's, there's some real positives proof of stake and stellar it um it only it doesn't keep the full transaction log that goes all the way back to day one so that keeps it going fast so it's got you know different use cases and say bitcoin that's good um cardano uh is a platform that you know was started by some some ethereum people it has a good development team uh but it does have a fee to it and that worries me relative to EOS. I, I, I prefer EOS to Cardano. So, but, you know, look, I, I, I uh, be frank, I own some of both. So, you know, I'll be happy if, if they're added to Coinbase because, you know, they'll, they'll definitely pop on that. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, nothing like talking your own buck a little bit. That's the way it should be, right? I have no problem sure. with that. I, I think that's all part of it. So, uh, you know, so we, we've got, you know, Bitcoin and, and the cryptos are more mainstream. It's still Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin has become 
like Coke, right? You want you go to a restaurant, you want a Coke. You talk cryptocurrencies, you talk Bitcoin. When do you think, or do you ever think that the other ones will become more of a name brand? As is Bitcoin, because you know, you'll watch the news. Everybody says Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Even if they don't mean Bitcoin, they say Bitcoin. Do you think it ever becomes that <laughs> we have a uh, that they actually are identified by themselves? Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, you know that the first step, like if we thought, if we think about a year ago, I was still running into people that I consider, you know, pretty much in the know. They keep the, up to date on things, and they didn't. They hadn't. They either hadn't heard of Bitcoin or they were just starting to hear about Bitcoin. That was a year ago. So, uh, you know, give it another year or two. I think people start recognizing the individual ones. I mean, right now, you know, it's still like America Online. Like when when Internet started, everybody knew America Online. But I think they're going to start, you know, hearing about the Googles and the Amazons and that sort of thing coming up soon. So I I, I don't think it will always be Bitcoin like – I don't think it will become the jacuzzi or the Kleenex of, you know, facial tissue or whatever. But I think uh, uh, it's still going to keep its big brand name. But people will start, you know, learning more. And we'll probably get a dish. If we if we get this Bitcoin ETF, we'll probably get an Ethereum ETF and a few others. So, um yeah, I think I think people start knowing the names of the others, and it's our job to find the uh, the next uh, the next Amazon or the next Google, right? I mean that that's yeah. that's the fun of trying to hunt these cryptos down, which makes the most amount of sense, right? I mean that's kind of what you look for. You're looking for not one that's just going to be stable, which I think Ripple. I know you don't like Ripple, but even Ripple is going to be fairly stable all the time. It's not going to have as wide of a deviation. I don't think it has any chance to be a monster winner. I don't think it's a monster loser, but I think it's, you know, in your, your terms, it might be a two or three timer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we're looking for a thousand timer when it's all said and done. Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah, look, I don't want to, the, the big case the use case behind Ripple is that the banks like it and they like using it for the wire wire transfers. And uh, it, the, I almost don't want Ripple to win because if it does, it means that the that if you were to say if you had to ask, uh, put a gun to the heads of the uh, central banks and said, which which crypto would you like to see win if one has to win? They're gonna they're gonna pick Ripple because they can they can control it the most. That's why I don't want to see a win. So I'm a little bit biased when I talk about Ripple. So just keep that in mind. It might actually do very well. But well, well right. Uh, but but but, yeah. the, but the whole basis behind the whole cryptocurrency world. I've always said that this is a financial revolution. This is the revolution right. that I was looking for. I mean, I, I didn't know it was gonna be cryptocurrency, but I knew that there was something in my mind that's happening. We. The general public, the general ETF, not ETF, but the general uh, cryptocurrency buyers and investors don't want to see Ripple necessarily succeed either because it's not, it defeats the purpose of having something that's decentralized that actually puts into the back to, into the free markets that has nobody putting their the hammer down on them, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's you, you know the, the what I worry about is there's a large libertarian contingent of people that are that are interested in crypto. Uh, crypto from the standpoint of the freedom it offers. You know, you can you don't need banks anymore. You can be your own bank. So that's definite uh, portion of it. But when it goes mainstream, then you're, it's not going to be as heavily heavily weighted that way. I still think what you're saying is I agree with is that you know the decentralization aspect makes it more stable and makes it uh, better in general. Otherwise, you're just swapping out one you know digital. It's basically Whoa. digital fiat would be just as good. So, um, uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I want to make, I want to see that it, it works that way. And as far as like how well Ripple will do, it's already got a relatively large market cap of, I think about what, $40 billion. I'd have to look at it again, but um, it's, it's, it's pretty big. So it, you're going to get some upside with it, but not as much as you're going to get with the smaller ones that are, you know, say below the top 10, you're going to get much, you know, bigger moves. Yeah, Ripple's thirty-nine billion. So, yeah, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, Bitcoin's uh, is seventeen, right? Or seventeen million, right? What is it? Seventeen million. Bitcoin, I think, is one hundred and forty billion. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, one hundred and forty billion, and and Ripple is. I'm sorry, Ripple's eighteen billion. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Yep, eighteen yeah, billion, so. and Ethereum's forty-eight billion. So uh, again, but again, the, it, Ripple defeats the purpose of why that people want to use this. And again, it's not so bad for the Swift system, but we do not want a central bank or a, a, a somebody controlling it very much like you've seen uh, President Trump talk a little bit about, you know, well, maybe the Fed shouldn't raise interest rates so fast. Maybe the dollar is too strong. We don't want people interfering with the currency because the asset prices shouldn't surprise themselves, just like the, the cryptocurrencies are now. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to and I don't want to see to that the fact that one organization owns 60 percent of the of the currency because, you know, you have a concentration of wealth there. You don't want to you don't want to see that happen. And, uh, you know, with uh, it's also a community thing. When you look at these all these open source projects, uh, they have these communities they build around them. And the bigger the community and the wider it is, the better that is. That's the healthier world. people like that and you know ripple has virtually no community so um it, it's better when it's a grassroots kind of thing no no i agree 100 i mean obviously we're going for the uh, for the much bigger hit that's what we're trying to find and of course again but what we're both i think interested in is is, is true free markets because again markets that don't price themselves markets that don't work on true price discovery which for now all the cryptocurrencies do uh that's a that's a problem and that's what everybody's trying to eliminate at least the people that are involved in the crypto world are trying to eliminate that that fiat type look and where they they don't get the same advantage right yeah no i mean i i couldn't agree more so uh no i i uh yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why Bitcoin is so popular is it came out of nothing, you know, and uh, it, it just people took it up and it got all kinds of developers all over the place going for it. And, uh, you know, the more you see that, the more developers that come onto something, I think, you know, those are the best coins. Right. No, I mean, again, I think that's that's part of the story. I think it's it's always, you know, where we can get the, the biggest chance and the biggest opportunity in free markets. And I think that that's where we're going to find it in, in, in the crypto world. And I, I think that when you when you look at it and you look at what at the developments that are taking place, I mean, you've got more and more acceptance around the globe of cryptocurrencies. And I think you're going to see more and more online stores that are going to take cryptos as well. What do you think? Well, yeah, I, that, that will be when, when when you can go to a retail shop and they'll take it. That's that's my definition of success. That will be it. You know, so. I mean, it won't be long, and, and there may already be out, but there, it won't be long before there's a, a, a whatchamacallit, a, a cryptocurrency, uh, a credit card cryptocurrency. Because, you know, all the, all the offshore places, they prefer to get uh, Bitcoin and things like that. So uh, that's something that is extremely interesting when you look at this. And I think that's what, what the market is telling us. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came up with a credit card soon with a cryptocurrency credit card. What do you think? 
No, I, I absolutely think I think we were, we're we're I don't know if we have one already, but uh, I know the Kinesis guys were going to do one, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's pretty cool, where you, you, they connect to gold as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think credit cards are good, but I think just being able to straight take uh, crypto through your phone or any other device, I think, however it's done, I think it's it's a, it, that's when that's when crypto will have arrived, in my opinion. I agree with you. This is this is the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're with Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com. And, of course, I want to remind you to download the show each and every day at LibertyTalk.fm, as well as the Sporting Edge on the weekends. And uh, we're going to stop out of here for a break, but uh, we'll be back with more from Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, after the break. This is the Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll see you back here right after the break. The Bubba Show. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com, and myself, Todd Bubba Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. So, Matt, uh, last week you said to me, uh, well, the grains have probably bottomed, and uh, and I said to you that I think there's news coming out, and Wally Begali on Wednesday, the news came out, and the grains had rallied all week, and uh, and they rallied all the way to Thursday where they had a little bit of problem, but I don't think that's any surprise. I mean, they had a pretty big rally. Uh, what's your take of the grains now? I'm still. I still think we hit a very important bottom. I think that was, uh, you know, the the low we saw. What was a week and a half ago? Two, uh, sorry, two weeks ago when we talked about it. That was the bottom, and uh, the, you know that's the target I've been waiting for for a long time. So I I think that is a bear market low in in soybeans. So from here, I would expect that we're going to go. Uh, I would say all the way up to you know eleven eleven hundred. So, or yeah, around there, 11, 1150, something like that is, okay. a, is my, my minimum target upside. So that's, that's going to be a good ways up. Pretty healthy, a pretty healthy rally you're looking for. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see, to see him go up there. And uh, uh, oil uh, has had a little bit of a pop and uh, got close to 70 again. Uh, that was your, your possible upside target on this next rally up. What are you thinking now? It looks to me, you know, it looks to me like a, a bear flag. I think, you know, it's just chopping to the upside and, you know, each day a little bit. And then, you know, it has that formation where I think we're going to fall back down to the downside. Uh, the the price target I have is at 62 and rising. So, you know, I think we're probably bottom. By the time it moves down, this rising target will probably be up in the 63s. I think it's probably where we're going to see a bottom. But I don't think it's done to the downside. Uh, listen, you and I both think it's going way down, but again, not necessarily in this move. And of course, uh, gold continues to just languish in the middle of nowhere, but it, it just can't seem to ever hold a rally. And I think you're a lot. What is eleven eighty is your target? I think in the downside, your next target. I think that. I mean, yeah, I think that gets there. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think you know this next target will. I, I really think that we, when we broke your, we both agreed that twelve forty was important, and when we broke that. Um, there was really nothing left to, to hold it in place. And uh, it's just a big, on my chart, just a big, you know, air gap down to 1180. That's the next spot I could see support coming in. I will say the commercials are are getting very bullish as far as their positioning. They're always short, but the short positions are really small now. Now, I don't think they're record, uh, they're record small, but they're... Um, it's getting close. It's, so, it's, it's more yeah. bullish than anything else. And, of course, yeah. uh, your your NASDAQ target of 8,000 almost got there. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you thinking? 
Well, we got up to 79.32. Uh, so I think, you know, that could be it. I think we could still, I think we could still make it to 8,000. Uh, and, and we already got some short exposure on in QQQ. Uh, and we'll look to add to it if we can get to the, you know, that, uh, that it's, it's a fairly lateral line, actually. It's right around 8,000, uh, maybe slightly below. So, you know, we, we came within the margin of error, so we have a, a good short exposure now, but what, we'd add more if it got all the way to 8,000. Okay, so you're, you're thinking that we're, very, if not in, very close to the, the upper end of this move. And, you know, it was interesting, and I know you don't actually track the individual or you care about earnings, but obviously Facebook's earnings uh, did some damage to the NASDAQ, obviously down 40 bucks on Thursday. Uh, does that give you any thought? Does that say, hey, I'm right, that target's going to really work from here? Or what, does that mean anything to you at all? I mean, it, it, it could be the fact that, you know, we, we I mean, it was nice to see because we were adding on shorts uh, Wednesday and then Wednesday night after the news came out, it immediately QQQ dumped, obviously, because of Facebook. Um, yeah, I never know what's going to cause, you know, what the catalyst is going to be once we hit a target, but they usually pop up, whatever it's going to be. That could be it. I I wouldn't rule it out though that we get we we eke out a little bit more upside. And one of the reasons is that uh, Russell 2000 didn't make it to its target. So the fact that we're still looking for for 1730 in Russell 2000 and that hasn't been achieved, I think means that we you know at least Russell has more upside. So that could drag that could sort of drag all markets could be going up is what I'm trying to say. Right. And and as that could make make it to its 8,000. Yeah, no, again, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, listen. Obviously, we, we try to be as close and as accurate as we can on these things, and you just never know. Now, of course, uh, the bonds look pretty weak. Uh, they, they, they are starting to remind me a little bit of, of gold. They, came to, they seem to fail on their rallies now. I know you had a higher target on TLT. You still have that higher target, or has that changed at all? I still have it. Uh, it's a, it, the thing is, it's a, a declining target. It's at uh, no longer 126. Now it's about 125. Let's just call it 125.50 for this coming week and it you know every week we talk about it's going to be lower the next uh rising support comes in at sorry by the way i'm talking about tlt but uh next rising support is 113.30 roughly so we're still we're still right in the middle of this whole thing we're at 119 now so you know i'll I'll short it when we if we get up to the 125s i'll i'll go long actually if we get to 113s okay now do you do you chart the vix at all yeah i do yeah i always want to i want to see that the vix line up with you know what i'm seeing in in s&p and so forth i mean it seems that the 12 dollar level in the vix has been really solid i mean it looks like it's just held and it's not really it looks like it wants to turn higher which would obviously coincide with what your overall views of the market are yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not pro- projecting significantly lower in VIX, so uh, I haven't looked at this chart in a little bit, but uh, I will say that the commercials are are loading up. They're not, they're not at anywhere near a record, so it's not a super heavy position yet. But you know, it's, it's, I would say it's bull, it's starting to get bullish for VIX and therefore bearish for stocks, um, and the the option skew is going back towards calls again. So. I don't think it's ready to rip yet, but 
it's not not super far away. Oh, right. I mean, but it will be ready to rip if, if the if the Qs do hit uh, eight thousand or not the Qs, yeah. but the Nasdaq. Uh, now I know you had a target in the, in the uh, Nisi, uh, uh and and that's not anywhere close, is it? No, that's the thing that you know. That's the thing that um, is kind of throwing me a little bit. Uh, you know, you. I would say I, I would be a little more confident saying that the Nasdaq eight thousand level would be a very major top, you know, like a bull market top, except for the fact that the top we've seen so the high we've seen so far in NYSE composite, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. The what we got in January, and we haven't exceeded that yet. I mean, you know, all the other we've seen highs and everything else almost. I don't know if the S and P made a new high just recently, but. Um, Nasdaq's made new highs. Russell's made new highs. I think Dow might have. Uh, but the point is, NYSE really hasn't has a long way to go to even reach its high again. But I'm projecting for 14,440 as the high in NYSE, and we haven't hit that. So it's hard for me to to you know uh, make those two things gel. The, the Nasdaq and NYSE not having it's like 14% away. So. Uh, the NYSE. So I, how do how do you make that work with the Nasdaq? So that's what I, that's the only thing that's a little bit confusing. But I do think we need to go higher in the NYSE. Right, and I I know that uh, that you you're bullish the dollar, and it just is the dollar index is struggling to get through ninety five. I thought it broke out last week and then it stopped. Now we're still stuck between ninety four and ninety five. And somebody said the other day, well, there was a key reversal to the downside, and I don't see it. Uh, I saw a big sell up, but I didn't see a key reversal. But what are you thinking of the dollar these days? Yeah, I don't see a key reversal. I see first resistance of, of, of importance coming in around 96 in the dollar futures, and that's probably roughly the same in the index. So I'm looking for 96. We didn't hit it. We we came close. I mean, we got up to let's see, uh, you know, mid mid 95s. But we there's it's we clearly did not hit the top. So I I see us going up to 96 at minimum. Euro, I see us dropping down to. Uh, about 114, uh, low 114s. So before we hit first support, so I, from those levels I could see reversals. But I, I still, I would still say in the bigger picture, even though we might get short term a short term pullback from 96 and a dollar, and a short term bounce from the euro from 114, uh, those two trends are still going to go further over the long term. Matt Demeter, DemeterResearch.com. As always, I thank you for being here. It's always great to be here. Thanks, Todd. And that was our friend, Matt Demeter from DemeterResearch.com. And this is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Remember to download the show each and every day. Help us get to our goal of 1 million downloads a month. Uh, we're, we're, we're pushing hard to get there, and we need your help to do so. So please make sure that you download it each and every day, as well as the Sporting Edge. And, of course, don't forget about our high school investing program. Uh, going into our ninth year, maybe. Uh, we've got some help from some, and we appreciate that. If you'd like to help us out. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading. That's Patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading. You can help us out there. In the meantime, this has been the Bubba Show, Top of Boards. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same station, right here on the Bubba Show. Top of Boards. Have a great everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM. 